Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside FM allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. All right, now I can say Another Giants loss, 20-6 to six final, episode number 70 of the Giant Take podcast. It's going to be a sad episode. It's going to be, at some parts, angry, mainly sad. We were very sad. Um, Alex was so sad, he went to bed before the game even ended. Fell asleep before the game even ended. And, um, yeah, sad episode. Sad music is going to be played right now. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence all right, once again, welcome to episode number 70 of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh, joined by my co-host, Alex. And, um, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. This will probably be a shorter episode. Uh, not much to talk about, but I do have some key points that I want to go through. Um, you know, and, and, I mean, to start it out, we had the better, you know, we had in the beginning of the game a way that we could have, you know, gone in front. And we did not take that. Or we took that for granted, I guess you can say, by going with the worst like trick play I've probably seen in recent times. Could be debatable for the worst trick play I've seen of all time. It was an awful, awful play. Uh, Riley Dixon, you know, obviously former quarterback in college, 
um, and and or like in high school, whatever he played, whenever he played quarterback, uh, Nick Gates ran a route straight in front of him and he threw it to him. So it was a punter throwing to a center. Did not think I would ever be saying that on a fourth down. And apparently there was a receiver open on the right flat. I I I really have no idea. Um, but just the whole sequence was bad. And I think they were practicing it during practice. Maybe he was open most of the time in practice, but you know. Being open in practice doesn't compare to a real game. So that's where I want to really start out. Um, Alex and I have different viewpoints on uh, one of the four, or the second going forward on fourth down play calls. So we'll get to that, debate that a little bit. We, we got some stuff to talk about here. Um, some Joe Judge stuff, but I'll go to Alex right now. Yeah, obviously a disappointing game. Um, you know, obviously losing's never good. Not, not scoring a touchdown is not good either. Um, it, it was disappointing. It, it's it sucked, but as Josh mentioned, I, I was done midway. What was it? Ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. I was done. I was out. Um, uh, literally and figuratively. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> figuratively, figuratively and literally. Alex was out. Yep. Yep. Uh. You know, this, I really, as much as I love Sunday night football, Sunday night football also sucks because you have to wake up the next morning and do whether you're going to school, going to work. It's, it's not, it's not a good feeling staying up till 1130 on a Sunday night. Yes. Uh, I'm somewhat of an early bird, but not really. I don't know. Not my sleeping schedule is not the point of this episode, but it's the Giants. Um, And the Giants did not play well. Colt McCoy had an okay game. I think we really seen how important Daniel Jones is to this team when fully healthy. It was a struggle. This Browns team is obviously a very good team. Baker Mayfield is, I can't believe I'm going to say this, a very good quarterback. Um, And, you know, as much as I hate on him, he's improving week by week. You can see it. I watched the Ravens game last week. He even looked better this week, to be honest. Um, I, I really think he's going to do something reasonably special. I'm not going to say special, reasonably special in the NFL. Um, And even without Odell Beckham, you know, Jarvis Landry kept destroying us. Rashard Higgins kept destroying us. Everyone kept destroying us. Uh, You know, they're like, especially in the first three quarters, their run games um, were not, uh, their running game was shut down reasonably well, but not too well. Um, You know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt did get a few nice runs in there. It was a, it was a bad game. James Bradbury is so important to our team, and that's the craziest thing. I knew we were going to struggle without him, but I didn't realize how big of an impact his absence would be. We look like a completely different defense without him. It, it's crazy. Like I I don't. <laughs> so now you have to look at it, and you can't play man coverage without Bradbury. That it basically looked like that was it, right? I didn't see us playing man coverage. Maybe you saw it once. You know, obviously Patrick Graham has been rolling with this zone um, for quite a bit now, but I think there needs to be situations where you have to play man-to-man, and when you can't do that, it just leaves you exposed. And when you have these receivers like Jarvis Landry who can just tear you apart, um, maybe not with their blistering speed, but their, you know, solid route running. Um, So I think it, it was tough for us, and Baker just had a lot of time in the pocket. And again, with the edge rushers, um, it definitely something to be desired there. Carter Coughlin on the edge, no, no pressure really from him. And, you know, you're only getting interior pressure from like Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, um, and sometimes Dalvin Tomlinson, even though he's a bit more 
uh, not as much coming after the quarterback, but a little bit of better run stuffer. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a struggle. And I think those two things on the defensive side in particular really stood out to me throughout the game. Yeah. And I mean, this game kind of showed us what we need in a draft. And I think that's what a lot of people kind of went into on Twitter. Uh, a lot of Giants fans I was seeing, it's like, all right, so it looks like we need a, you know, a, a, someone on the edge that we need to take in the draft. We need a wide receiver in the draft. We need to strengthen our QB in the draft. You know, I'm seeing all these types of things and, I guess this was the game where we really needed to see it. I mean, we definitely saw that cornerback uh, was needed. I think, though, on some of the plays, I would like to give the cornerbacks credit. Uh, Isaac Yonam and um, Julian Love, who was getting burned all, or who was getting catches on him all day, was with Julian Love and Isaac Yonam, both of them. But I think it was actually pretty good coverage by them. It just came down to the final play. And in that final play, you know, or the final seconds, sorry, the final seconds of the play, uh, it was just better throws by Baker Mayfield and better catches by the receivers. We we talked about it. Um, if you haven't listened already, go listen to episode number sixty nine with Dan Lab, um, who or Dan Lobby, sorry Dan Lobby, who uh, who covers the Cleveland Browns for uh, I, I believe it's um, Cleveland dot com. Alex, and let me know about that. I think it's Cleveland got Cleveland dot com. Yep, and. Um, yeah, we previewed it with him that they, they do have more receivers than just Jarvis Landry, and that's Rashard Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's been playing better every single week. And uh, I think we did pretty well previewing it because basically what we were saying was right. We had Denzel Ward, who we mentioned. Uh, we, we talked to him about if he was coming back. He said he was good off the IR. I said we needed he's one of the best corners in the game, and we need to get past him somehow. And he did pretty tight coverage all game. And the one play specifically that I would like to touch on is the zone coverage or whatever the heck we were doing in the red zone um, where Devontae Downs had no idea where the hell he was going, who the hell he was covering, what the hell he was doing, how many can I use. Um, (laughs) But he just had no idea where Austin Hooper, I believe, who caught that touchdown was. And, you know, I like to say that a lot of the time it's the tight ends that get past us and that can be due to the linebackers. Uh, right, and we haven't really had really good core linebackers in a while, so I kind of give credit to that. But yeah, you know, it's I feel like it's always against the team that the the tight ends do go off in some ways, and this game really proved it. Um, it, it was you know David and Joku was getting the pass, and they, it's not, I'm not going to say they don't have good tight ends. I mean Austin Hooper and David and Joku could be the best tight end duo in the NFL, right? I don't think I'm saying too much. And then you have Harrison Bryan as well, their third string. So it's like, they're all good. But just on that play specifically, Devontae Downs had no idea where, where he was going, what he was doing. And I heard it on Talking Giants with Bobby and Justin. They're not huge fans, and they don't know uh, why Joe Judge or Patrick Graham on this on this part, where that, that Pat has him out like that. Um, I don't know why he has him. He hasn't been good for us. He was good in training camp, and that's why we kept him, but... Has not looked good since the season has, you know, started and now continued uh, through this week. Well, when you're looking at that play with Devontae Downs, who else is covering Austin Hooper, though? Who else can you put on him? Darnay Holmes is out, our slot cornerback. Um, You know, maybe you put him out there. I mean, Xavier McKinney can play the slot, I guess, but we saw him more at the free safety role today. Um, uh, Or yesterday, I guess, when we're recording this now, the next morning. Um, But... I it, yeah I I don't really know what Devonte Downs is doing. I mean it's not exactly that he it wasn't really Patrick Graham. I mean Devonte Downs should be doing better, right? Like 
as much as, you know, we can complain that Patrick Graham put him out there in that situation, we also know that Devontae Downs should be doing better and not just standing there in no man's land while watching the ball go right over his head. Um, And I think that was, you know, part of the problem there. And, you know, special teams, I want to move to there real quick because we were talking about that, I, I believe, either last episode. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while now, for the past like three or four weeks now that we've seen special teams issues. Deion Lewis, again, he got lucky here. He had a great first return, right? I'll, I'll admit it. I'll, what was it? To like the 48-yard line of the Browns 48? Great return. Really set us up nicely in that first drive. Obviously, we weren't able to convert um, due to Riley Dixon and Nick Gates and their um, amazing play there uh, on fourth down. But, I, I, you know, that was a good return. But then the next return he has, he fumbles the ball again. And obviously, last week he fumbled. Um, and it got recovered by the other team, um, the Cardinals in that case. Luckily, we were able to hold on to the ball, but definitely something worrying. And I'm like kind of thinking, do we have no one else who can return the football from kickoff? I don't know who it is. Maybe you see Jabril Peppers go in there as no. return. No, no. And okay, I say, I, sorry, I say no, and I cut you off. I apologize. I say no because I am so I get so nervous uh, over Peppers returning it every time on punt returns. Because I think he's going to freaking break a leg or who even knows what. Every time he gets tackled, like a good tackle, right? Uh, a tackle right right on the, um, you know, where they grab his ankle or his toe or whatever. Like, you know, he's going to sprain something. He's going to hurt something because he's an injury-prone player. All our players right now are getting injured. You know, it's, it's the NFL season. It is what it is. But that scares me, and that's why I don't want Peppers doing that. And that's why... I think they're keeping Deion Lewis because they really have no one or don't want anyone uh, returning kicks for the Giants. We're just in such a bad mood for this, uh, for I am for this episode. And, and just, I think the Giants are in a bad mood with, uh, you know, their, their, uh, who's returning their kicks. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Maybe you get someone like Austin Mack out there. You get one of those rookie wide receivers, the undrafted ones you get, some guy I've never heard of who just got elevated off the practice squad because that's pretty equivalent to what Deion Lewis's return game is right now, um, or at least holding on to the football. He holds on to the football um, not well at all. I was trying to think of a comparison there, but I couldn't really think of one, so we're just going to go he doesn't know how to hold the ball. Um, but, yeah, somewhat something needs to change there. Blocking on the first kick was pretty good. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're just not making any of these special – special teams plays um no pun intended there but it seems like we need to do better you know special teams was supposed to be our specialty again no pun intended but uh I think it's not recently and I think we're really struggling Riley Dixon even was struggling with some of the punts and stuff um he had a good punt I believe what was it second quarter maybe had one really good punt that pinned them deep not that that really matters that's what he should be doing that's his job um, but yeah, and the, and the trick plays were not great at all. Moving to where I really wanted to discuss to though. Yeah. Now, now I'm moving the conversation. Josh isn't even going to talk about it. I'm sorry. I think he feels the same way about Deion Lewis fumble, but, um, so moving on to that second fourth down, I believe what was it? Fourth down in two, um, with Wayne Gallman in at running back. Um, they're in the shotgun hands it off to Wayne Gallman. The box is completely stacked. You can see it. They were expecting the run. Wayne Gallman runs and gets stopped, probably like half a yard short. Josh is furious. So I kind of forget what I told you, but 
or what you told me, but it was something like, um, I can't, we should have taken the three points. And then we kind of had a long conversation about what the Giants should have done in that situation. He was in favor of taking the three points. I was in favor of, you know, going forward and trying to get a touchdown in that situation. I'm going to let Josh explain what he thinks about it first um, and what he thought was wrong or wasn't wrong, but probably wrong about the situation. I think I texted you when you get the opportunity to take points, you got to take the points. I think I said something along those lines, and I was actually someone, uh, you, didn't explain your point of view and why you picked it, and then I said, I think, what you wanted, why you wanted to do it, and then you said, no, 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 that's wrong. I'm going to explain it on the podcast, so here's your platform, Alex, to explain it, but I'll go first. You have a play, an awful like I said, one of the worst trick plays I've ever seen that fails. You see the Cleveland Browns defense, you're kind of, you're getting yardage, but we're not able to convert in the red zone. Um, you know, and we saw that because they got a field goal. It's seven to three at this point. When you're presented points, easy points, right? You would hope. You would think Graham Cano has been Mr. Automatic this season. You, you, you should be able to do this, right? You should be able to get points and it should be fine. The thing that you do is you kick the field goal and you don't go for fourth down once you already failed the last time you went for it on fourth down against a team that is nine and four and is very good when they have the ball. But the thing is, you're also very good when you when you don't have the ball, right? Our defense is our strong point on this team. We cannot get points. We know this. Giants average about 18 points a game, which probably went down again after this one. Um, so it, it, you know, when, when our specialties defense, you have to hopefully rely on the defense of Patrick Graham to do what he does best. And that's, you know, control the game, right? We were able to see that against the Seahawks, not so much against the Cardinals, but so far he's controlled this game. I, I would say that's a pretty big accomplishment that this high scoring offensive team, right? Has not scored that many points. So you take the field goal and you take the points, you make it a 7-6 game, they come down and they score a touchdown, guess what? It's 14-6. It's a one-possession game, right? And you get a touchdown, which probably not for the Giants, but you hopefully get a touchdown. You can try the two-point conversion. That's when you can try something. Thing is, Cleveland Browns, we miss. We could at least get some momentum back, right? They scored a touchdown. We get a field goal. We get some momentum back. But no, they stop us on fourth down. They get hyped up. Defense gets hyped up. They come back on the sideline. Baker Mayfield and the boys get out there. They're hyped up. They come down. They score a touchdown. What is it? 13-3. to They get a field goal. 13-6. to What do they do? They doink it. The field goal or the extra point kicker, the field goal kicker, whatever, their kicker doink, doink, doinks the ball. 13-3. 13-6. You want to know what that means? We have six points. We come back down, we get a touchdown, we don't even need the two-point conversion. Tie game with a touchdown. That is my reasoning. Go ahead, Alex. Now you can explain. So my reason is that I think we need to go for it, and it's the exact same reason that Joe Judge had this exact same quote. He said, field goals weren't going to win this game, and I'm not afraid to call things aggressively. And I completely agree with him. Not his decision on the plays on fourth down, but the mentality of going for it on fourth down and short when you're in the red zone. Um, I think in that case, Cleveland, we knew they were a high-powered offense. We saw they were just rolling, steamrolling us over. 
without James Bradbury, without Darnay Holmes, two of our key pieces on the defensive side, especially in the secondary, obviously. And you're not really sure, can we stop them? So you're thinking, let's get as many points as possible and hope to win this game um, by outscoring them. And really, I think, you know, it was going to be a tough task. Yes, we have a backup quarterback in there, so maybe going for it on fourth down, hence why we probably ran the ball on fourth and two instead of trying to throw the ball. Um, I think you have to be aggressive and uh, that's just my point of view on it. And I think, yes, while 13, you know, 13-6 going into halftime or whatever would have been nice, I also think that, you know, 13 to uh, 14-13 would have also been really nice or 17-13 or whatever it would have been. I guess it would, it would have been 17-13 with the field goal that they were going to take. They already took. If they converted on those two, it could have been 17-14 or 17-13 because of Cody uh, Cody Parker, doink-doink. Um, so I think it, it it could have been a better situation. Then you're going into halftime with the lead. They're getting the ball back. You're, you're pumped up. No, short you're, no, you're going too crazy. Now you're taking – now you're saying the earlier one where the whole trick play, trickaroo, uh, the whole thing, you're saying that counted. What's going on in your imaginary land over here, Alex? They failed the trick play. We're in modern day now. They're about to go for it on this fourth and two. They run it up the middle. They get stopped. If they get this field goal, I just said this. Why do I need to – it's 6-7-6. Six, six. What if we stop them on defense? Who knows? Okay, we don't stop them on defense. 13-6. They doink the field goal. That actually happened. 13 to 6. I'm I'm thinking in the realistic situation, Alex. You think I'm thinking that it's going to be 17-13 on halftime Giants have the lead? Where are you living right now? Okay? Obviously none of this happened, but I feel like you're not even where we're supposed to be. So, 13-6. You have time try and maybe get another field goal. They start with the ball second half. You try and get a defensive. This is what I, I, I really have no idea what you're talking about explaining your point. And I understand Joe Judge thinks, okay, field goals aren't going to win games. Field goals get you points. Points win games. Points win games. But if we had converted on that fourth down and gotten a touchdown, it would have been 13-10 at halftime. We're only down a field goal. So I, I think you can look at it either way. I think a touchdown was going to be difficult for us to get, don't you think? It was hard for us to get all the way down into the red zone. We struggle. Yes, we got down there three times. Yes, we got down there three times, but it was still a tough thing for us to do. Um, That's the thing, though. It wasn't tough. We were able to get all the way to the red zone. Basically, most of our drives just not convert once we're in there. If we got field goals, that counts as converting. It's not seven points, and I understand more people like touchdowns, but you're converting. You're getting field goals. Listen to Colt McCoy. Alex, you might have only listened to Joe Judge. Listen to Colt McCoy's press conference. In Colt McCoy's press conference, he's asked multiple questions. Then he alludes back to the fact that they did not convert in the red zone. And he said, oh, that was my fault, you know, blah, blah, blah. He, uh, I think Dan Duggan asked him about the trick play. He said, well, we should have converted in the first place, not have to do that. That's the thing. He said we didn't capitalize in the red zone. That's not fully his fault if the, if the offensive coordinator – or Jason Garrett, haha, he wasn't in this game, he has COVID-19. If um, Joe Judge, who's the one who's saying to go for this on the fourth down, um, oh, I uh, who, who wants to go for it on the fourth down, makes that call. I think I also just said, haha, he has COVID-19. I'm not laughing that he has COVID-19. 
I am saying ha-ha to the fact that I uh, thought he was on the sideline during the game. Alex is having a ball over here on the side. Yeah, I, I, I did see the Colt McCoy press conference, actually, because I always – you kind of scroll through the thing on the Giants' YouTube channel, and then it kind of goes to whole different people. Um, and then usually Wayne Gallman's there also. I don't know what he has to say exactly, but he's always there and talks very quietly. I always enjoy his uh, area of the press conference. I don't believe he was there actually for the end of the Browns game. Now I'm just speculating. Forget it. Um, going back to the point, uh, you know, I think you could see it either way. I don't think we would have won this game either way. We did it. So I don't think it's too big of a deal. Um, I think it just looks, you see into Joe Judge's mind and you see that he's really the aggressive coach here and that Jason Garrett, um, who, you know, is out with COVID-19, not haha, um, is, is, uh, you know, more conservative when going for those, uh, especially those deep shots and stuff like that, which we saw Freddie Kitchens go for a few times with Colt McCoy. And you thought, hey, Daniel Jones is one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. Why don't you throw some more deep balls with Daniel Jones? No, no, no. Jason Garrett says, no, no, no. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Yeah, no ha, ha to Jason Garrett having COVID. I don't know what I was going at there, but uh, I have no idea what the heck you're talking about. Daniel Jones is not one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. What are you talking about? But um, I got to move on from this because I can't keep going back and forth. Let's go to the stats. Um, One person I would like to get to specifically, but we'll, we'll do that in a minute. Colt McCoy, 19 for 31, 221 yards, average 7 yards a throw. Riley Dixon, it's very sad, he was 0 for 1, throwing the ball. Alfred Morris, 7 carries for 39 yards. Wayne Gallman, 9 carries for 29 yards. Darius Slayton finally showed up. I thought he was gone, left the team. 4 catches for 74 yards. Sterling Shepard, 4 catches for 51 yards. Evan Ingram, 4 catches for 46 yards. Um, And then anything on defense. Uh, I think Blake Martinez led the team in, in uh, tackles again. Yup, he did. He had 10. Um, any sacks in this game? One sack. Dexter Lawrence. Oh yeah, Sexy Dexy had the sack. Dexter Lawrence had the sack in this one. Um, and then we're going to skip around here. Rashad Higgins or Rashad Higgins had four catches for 76 yards. Jarvis Landry, seven catches for 61 yards. Nick Chubb, 15 carries, five, uh, 50 yards. And then Darnus Johnson, Third string had four carries for 24 yards. He ran all over us in the end of the game in the fourth quarter. I'm sure Alex was asleep and didn't see that part. Um, And then finally, the player I want to talk about. Baker Mayfield showed up today or yesterday. 27 for 32. What a percentage. 297 yards, almost 300. Well, what a completion percentage was was good. Uh, And two touchdowns, 126 rating. Oh, yeah. I proved my point. I was waiting for it. It happened. So, Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback, whether you uh, agree with it or not. Well, this was my favorite moment so far of the podcast. We've all, uh, Josh has just exposed himself as a Baker Mayfield lover. He was, he was giggling. He was laughing watching Baker Mayfield throwing all those completed passes in the middle of the field. 20 I was yards, just ready yards, to bring it up on, yards, I was just ready to bring it up giggling the entire time he said oh i can't wait to bring this up on the podcast yep. and he's gonna say and then he was waiting for this moment where he could read out baker mayfield overrated can god i hate Baker. well i was also ready for uh the dearness johnson uh carries and yards because then i could just say that you know he, you were asleep while he was getting all those yards and not watching your favorite team play football which is your which as a loyal fan you should do 
till the end. All right. I did actually end up watching the rest of the fourth quarter um, after their, the next morning. Oh, did was, you? Uh, I did, actually. It oh. was just, I know, it was crazy, but it, it was very sad. And, yeah, I, I had to go to bed. It was too late. It was too late for me. It was past my bedtime. Sure, I know. I, I, really I don't believe that for a minute. Giants clinched their fourth losing season in a row. Giants now have lost seven of their last eight seasons. And now the implications for playoffs is very, very slim as Dallas moves into second place. Washington next week can clinch a playoff spot with the win and the Giants loss to the Ravens, which is highly likely um, as I believe the Washington football team is playing the Carolina Panthers. And um, so, yeah, I mean, Ravens, we're probably going to lose to. You know, they have to try to get into the playoffs, so they're not going to be wrestling Lamar Jackson like I mentioned a few weeks ago. Washington is going to try to get into the playoffs. Panthers really don't have anything, so <clears throat> they should try and win your updated NFC East is Washington 6-8. and eight. Cowboys 5-9. and nine. I'm losing my voice at this point. Giants 5-9. and nine. And Eagles 4-9-1. and one. Still a close division. Cowboys would have been out of it if they lost to San Francisco, but they are not, and they're in it more than we are in the standings-wise. Uh, standings half of it. Um, all right. Are we ready to go to the outro, Alex? We're ready to go to the outro. Outro music and other music. Here we go. All right, so we thought it was going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. I mean, I guess it still kind of is, but we went a little longer than expected. Please go follow us on Twitter at the Giant Take Pod. Also, while you're on Twitter, go follow Alex at Anorian23. Go follow me at JoshOlo29. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Giant Take. Also, please share, and if you're going to share the podcast, tag us at the Giant Take Pod on Twitter, so we know you did so, and at the Giant Take if you're going to do it on Instagram and facebook give us five stars rating and review and apple Podcasts and any other platforms you're able to please subscribe wherever you're listening and uh, just keep listening new episodes game preview or game recaps will come out every monday and then game previews will come out every thursday we're nearing the end of the season it's going to be very upsetting but we gotta let, let's let's focus on this giants still have a chance to make the playoffs we we have to win next week i mean <laughs> we the there's no way. Yeah, we have to win next week. We can't. We can't lose next week. It's a must-win game because if Washington loses and we lose, there's no way we can. No, that's not true. That's not true, Josh. That's, that's not, not true. true. Okay. All right. So here, realistic way, the Giants will make the playoffs right now. Washington loses to the Panthers. We lose to the Ravens. Comes down to the final week. We beat the Cowboys. That ties the that ties the tiebreaker, but. You know, you would have to hope the Cowboys have to lose next week as well. And then Washington has to lose their last two games. They play the Eagles, which we're tied in that tiebreaker as well. Oh, my God, so many things need to happen. Um, But I think that's right, right? So Washington needs to lose the last two games, and we need to win both games. Alex, you go now because I've, I've already done my part here in this outro. Yeah, basically Washington 
Um, we, we're going to need Washington to lose both games, um, realistically, because the Giants are realistically, again, the Ravens are also in a big playoff hunt, so they're not going to be messing around. They're trying to get that final wild card spot in the AFC. So I don't see Lamar Jackson and that whole team being an easy opponent, especially without Daniel Jones. Next week, I think you rest Daniel Jones again. I think you leave him, uh, you know, if he's not 100%, you leave him out. You put Colt McCoy in there. You just accept the loss. I mean, you don't really accept the loss. You just, like, kind of accept the loss. Um, And you move on. You hope Washington loses to the Panthers. You hope the Panthers can do something there. Um, And, and, you know, Panthers look good against Green Bay, so maybe they beat the Washington football team. Who knows? Washington football team. You know, Dwayne Haskins was in there against uh, Seahawks. Now I'm talking really fast. Um, But, yeah, there's there's a chance that we could win the division at 6-10, and which would be pretty crazy. But I – kind of suspect that we'll see Washington winning the division because I think they could beat Carolina. Um, but I do think, you know, they, they might be finishing with a losing record, which would be kind of crazy um, going into the playoffs. Now that I'm done with that, thegianttake.com, go check it out. We have our episodes up there. We have blog posts. Um, go check that out. A uh, new one should be coming out sometime this week. Um, we'll let you know about that on the Twitters, like Josh mentioned earlier. So go check that, those out if you want the updates. Another way to get the updates is to scroll to the bottom of the homepage is to our newsletter. Um, You write your email in there, and then we give you updates on every new episode, blog post, anything interesting, um, and anything like that. And if you click support the podcast, that'll take you to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the giant take. And there we'll have a $2 tier with fan requests, um, private community, and a shout out on the podcast. Yeah, I got to step away from the Giants in this article. So uh, to preview it for everyone, it's going to be a Knicks recap of the game against the Pacers. They're going to be playing Wednesday night. Um, So go watch that game and then go read my article. So it should be out later this week, Um, you know, hoping Thursday or Friday. So just a little insight. I got to start away from the Giants. I was going to do the takeaways. Alex did that last week. I don't want to copy him. So we're going to go. We'll do a Knicks article this week. All right, I believe that is a wrap for episode number 70 of the Giant Take Podcast. I've been your host, Alex, always joined by Josh, and we'll see you on Thursday with another Giants preview. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.